1: the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to
2: make the switch
1: today. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. How many more years are you gonna put up with this? You know what I mean? Eight seven seven three. I don't wanna be too too rude, but come on. Enough with these every year with the lame jokes. 877-337-6666 is the number to call while you were sleeping. Um you just joining us while you were sleeping. I tried to fill two hours with basically five calls. That's what happened while you were sleeping. And we started the show talking about the Knicks and their embarrassment. You just heard Marco play some of the cuts there from Jalen Brunson, and I thought he nailed it. And you just can't – look, you could lose to the Nets. You could miss shots. You can get beat by better talent. You cannot get smoked basically by 30 points all night long, never even fight back. They're an embarrassment and really an upset. And that was the last time that I'm going to open a show – with the Knicks for a long time. They got to get back to relevancy before I discuss them. I mean, we'll talk about hot stove. We'll talk the NFL. I don't care. But the Knicks are back to, unfortunately, after one year of terrific basketball and great excitement, they are back to irrelevancy. And, yes, the Brooklyn Nets own the Knicks. The Knicks own the town, but the Nets own the Knicks. And the Nets, of course, taking bows like they did something great by beating a team that everybody's beaten in the last 20 years. Big deal. Oh, what do the Nets think? They're special? That's what they brought KD over here for to make sure they, they established dominance over the Knicks. Mission accomplished. Well done. Well done, gentlemen. Anyway, the Knicks are such a joke. So we started talking about that. We got into Zach Wilson and the Jets and the expectations for them. As far as how far they could go, could they be a playoff team? Could they, you know, have the dream run like the Bengals did last year and get to the Super Bowl? Anything's possible. Obviously, the Jets off this week, so they're going to rest, get prepared to go up to New England and take on Bill Belichick in a game where uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots in a game where you know the Jets you want to be taken seriously and be in that next conversation. That's a game you got to win. Similarly, the Giants returned to action after their bye week last week. They want to be taken seriously and I think people are taking them seriously at 6 and 2 but they now need to take care of business at home against teams that they are clearly better than. It is different. When you're the underdog and you're playing free and easy and you know no pressure, now all of a sudden there's pressure on them because they have to live up to the new expectations at 6 and 2 and beat teams that they are expected to beat. And I hope And I don't think there will be, but I really hope that there's not a little slip up here. If they're going to lose, make it later in the year. Don't lose to the Texans or the Lions ahead of that Thanksgiving Day game. I want that Thanksgiving Day game to mean everything. And it's going to be a great matchup no matter what, but you don't want to have the Giants trip up here along the way. Get these two wins, 8-2 at worst, going into that Dallas game on Thanksgiving. So we talked a little NFL and we talked some hot stove as well, where the main theme that I took from yesterday, and there was a bunch of stuff from Billy Epler and talking about the Mets DH and, you know, maybe they'll carry three catchers. It's way too early to get into the minutia of the roster construction. It is November 10th. Can't be worried about what the roster is going to look like exactly yet, where trades are getting, you know, going to take place, free agency is, is happening here. It's going to happen today at 5 p.m. officially, whether they bring back their own guys, whether they get some others. I mean, there's so many things that could happen. Getting into the roster breakdown right now doesn't make much sense. But one thing that I did think was important to come from yesterday was Brian Cashman and his comments, where I think it was to Joel Sherman, he also had some stuff that I saw John Morosi tweeting about, where Cashman was basically preparing Yankee fans for the worst and softening the potential blow of losing Aaron Judge. When you say, while well, there are no assurances from Judge's camp that we are go- that they're going to come back to us for a final offer with whatever offer they get. We have no assurances on that. The fact that Cashman would say that, that to me is planting the seeds. It's also, to me, Brian Cashman being scared. And do you know why he's scared? Because he knows that the Yankees are likely not going to have the most lucrative offer. He knows that a team like, let's say, the Giants, who have already been on record saying... I mean, I guess there was a report that said, I don't know if they said it directly, but there was a report that said the Giants will not be outbid when it comes to Aaron Judge. Cashman's not stupid. He knows that. So when you hear that, you know, uh uh-oh, we're going to get into a bidding war. And the Yankees are not the same old Yankees. This is, you know, Mike Tyson post Buster Douglas now. It's not the same when the Yankees step into the ring anymore. And that's obvious by the way that, A, the Yankees let it get to this point, and B, the way that Brian Cashman is acting. Well, we don't know if he's going to come back to us. He's going to test the free agent waters, which he's earned to do. You know, we want him back, but there's uncertainty, whatever it may be. That's not the Yankees that I grew up hating. The Yankees that I grew up hating would never have let it gotten to this point. They would have locked him up before the year. And instead of offering him a deal like yeah, the Yankees treated Judge like they had him under contract for three more years. Oh, you want a big long-term contract? Yeah, all right, we'll give you $213 million. As opposed to, hey, this is his free agent year. He's going to walk after the end of the year or at least test the market if we don't give him a very good offer. And $213 million is not a very good offer. It was insulting, I thought, of it at the time. It proved to be more than insulting after the year. Anyway, point is, Yankees let it get to this point. And now they are in a very difficult spot because they have proven to not go all in. There's already been rumblings about a team that will not be outbid. While the Yankees and Judge have been in in communication, he is going to test the waters. And if there's a big-time offer out there, Are the Yankees going to match it? And I don't know if Cashman's got the confidence and ownership to do so. This on top of an already angry fan base because of the way that the season ended, because of the fact the Yankees haven't been to or won a World Series since 2009, because they're sick and tired of looking at the same faces with Cashman and Boone, so they're already angry. Imagine they lose Aaron Judge. Because the Yankees get outbid for their own player. One of, if not the best players in the sport. Wow. 877-337-6666 is the number. Woody is calling from Swedesboro, New Jersey. What's up, Woody?
2: Hey, how you doing, Sal? First time I ever talked to you. Um, when I to welcome the board, I think you're doing a great job. Um, in the history of me listening to sports, uh, the fans always been number one in my book. And living in a farming community down in South Jersey, where I actually had my AM radio tuned to Beningo and, and the Mad Dog. I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thank
1: uh, you, Woody. Thank
2: you. following your path. And I want to say hi to my truck driver friends out there. Cause that's what I do for a living. I'm feeding America, and it's a good, good feeling. Uh, um, ready to talk about some sports now. All right. Um, uh, the next I can't even say their name anymore. I mean, my favorite player in, 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 in the NBA of all time was David Butcher. And uh, Arthur and Wingo would have been a superstar on today's team. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> I want to talk about the Jets. I say the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl because I'm a Jets fan. And I tell you what, this team, they started out 1 and 2, and they're 6 3 now, and they got the best defense in the league. Why not us?
1: Well, I mean, anything's possible. I think that's kind of the point before, Woody. I'm not going to be as bold as you and predict that the Jets... I mean, what do you think? I am a fool with these bold predictions? I'm not going to predict the Jets... We got
2: something good. You
1: should be excited. You You should be excited. excited. No, you should be. Come on. Their defense coming off the win against the Bills. Look at the parity around the league. Look at the rest of the AFC... I mean, the Jets, if they get hot at the right time, if Zach Wilson continues to improve, I mean, there are a lot of ifs involved here, but anything's possible with the way that the league is right now, and especially with their defense. So, sure, dream big, Woody, why not?
2: Imagine next year with a healthy Beckton, a healthy Bryce Hall, and a and, and defensive guy. i tell you what, you've got to give an offensive defensive line some kudos, man. Because, you know, these guys got walked on last year. They were, they were the laugh of the league. They're all laughing
1: Well, the defense has improved significantly from last year to this year. The offensive line, yeah, it sucks no Beckton and no Vera Tucker. I'm not going to worry about next year now. I mean, we're in week nine of this year. Can't worry about next year. But I do know this. Know this. Without Vera Tucker, without Mekhi Beckton, they bullied the Buffalo Bills where they just ran the football down their throat on Sunday. And that is a thing of beauty. Run after run after run. And Buffalo couldn't do anything to stop them. That is football that I love to watch.
2: Yeah. um, Who's that quarterback for the Bills? What's his name? Josh Allen. Uh, What's his name? Josh Allen. Uh, Mr. Allen, Meat Sauce Island. <laughs> I love it. That's exactly <laughs> Look at you, cool Woody. You all fired to up. When that happens.
1: Woody, you gotta so. can you can you give me a truck uh, a, a horn? Can you can you give me that? Sure. Yeah, there you go, Woody. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you checking in.
3: <laughs> oh man,
1: I don't know if I like Sauce Island though, Woody. It's it's a bit much. That was, in fact, Woody Johnson, of course, saying the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl and. Sauce Island and, and all that stuff. I, I'll tell you, we talk about Sauce Gardner, everybody does. Reed has been just as good on the other side. They need them both. And I know Quinn and Williams gets a lot of love and the linebackers flying all over the place. Their secondary is the key. Gardner and Reed. Those two guys have been the, the key to the whole thing, especially against the Bills. But there you have it, fired up Jets fan. Hey, anything's possible. I'm not here to ruin your dream. You you think the Jets can get to the Super Bowl? I'm not a dream crusher. I'm a believer. Stewart is in Brooklyn. Stewart's also a believer. Good morning, Sal. How we feeling this morning, Stewart? How's the vibes?
4: The vibe is good. I like to hear that. But on Thursday morning, ready to roll.
1: Oh, all right, ready to roll. Stu finer or is this Stewart in Brooklyn? Sal, <laughs> <laughs> Sal. So, so.
4: What, what made you ever think that you could hate yourself after the uh, after all the wonderful things that you did with Mike and Chris? I remember.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just
4: joking around.
1: Although there are.
4: Around, but you know, hey, listen, never put yourself down. Well, I mean, I mean, I put myself down sometimes, and I think to myself, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> Really,
1: yeah, gotta get right. real. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's real. Uh, we're always our own worst, worst enemy, enemy or biggest critic, or I don't know what the saying is, but yeah, whatever. I mean, there are times where it's just like, oh my god, I hate myself. But ultimately, uh, I don't really feel that way. Well, but back I, then, I might have even more. I was very insecure. Well,
4: look, you should never feel insecure. Let's say that much. Never. No,
1: but don't you think you have to get to a se- <laughs> Stuart and I talking about securities and whatnot? Don't you think you have to get to a certain point? <laughs> Where, you you know, it takes a while to find yourself and learn about yourself and accept uh,
4: yourself. I learn about myself every day. Well, that's
1: the point. So when you're younger, you're learning even more. So it wasn't... And
4: I remember listening to Mike and Chris, and Mm -hmm. I listened to you when you were on.
1: You don't remember me back then. Now you're lying.
4: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, Oh, yeah. You remember Uh, the Sal uh, special? Yeah. Uh, All right. I go, look, I started listening to live first, 1987.
1: Wow, you're day one. Day one. Yeah.
4: When Jim Lampley and Susan Roman were on. And mm-hmm. then the schmoozer was on also. Right at mm-hmm. the very beginning. And we had Pete Franklin.
1: Who'd you used to call regularly? You called no, Tony no, Page?
4: Nobody, no, I called. I started calling in 98. And then I stopped. And what show? And then I stopped. Right, oh, I don't, the overnight, of course.
1: Okay, oh, so it's always been the overnight. I was yeah. curious. So, Joe, yeah. you called Beningo? You called... No,
4: I... Um, Maybe a few times. But I was working in the overnight at that time. This is when you were was driving 11, around. 11 to 7. I used to work at a, the, a radio group called Company Car in Coney Avenue in oh. Crawford. Hmm. I used to work 11 to 7. The overnight shift. Right. And, um, it's a brutal shift. Oh, tell me, please. Yeah. I didn't want... I used to work on the weekend, seven p.m. to seven a.m. the following morning.
1: Oh, that's even worse. At least I don't have to work weekends. That sucks. No, in the, in uh,
4: and one Sunday morning. This
1: is I, when you were. Ju- so wait, were you driving around at the same time, or you had already moved on from being a driver?
4: I moved on from being okay. a driver after my uh, issue with uh, you know, with, with diabetes and all that stuff.
1: Oh, oh, but, I uh, thought it was that you, you know, hit that guy. That was the end of it.
4: No, that was seventy four. Oh, so
1: you kept driving
4: after that? Yeah. Wow. Uh, one thing, I didn't find out what happened till eight years
1: later. Oh, right, that's right. You didn't know initially. Now, had no, you known didn't. initially, maybe you would have. No,
4: know. it wouldn't have stopped me. Really? That I, wouldn't I, have rattled I, I, you? I, I, what? That wouldn't have rattled you? I don't know. No, it didn't. It wouldn't have rattled me if I found out then.
1: Look at you, no? cold blooded.
4: No, I'm not cold blooded, but you know, you have to make. I was, I, I was a driver, I drove. Right. Yeah, that's what you did, right? Yeah. yeah. Bleep happens, you know what? Yeah. But you know, that's another story. Anyway, so that yeah,
1: that shift is brutal, the overnight Oh, well,
4: like and one Sunday morning my relief didn't get until eleven AM. Ooh. So
1: that's
4: that the 16, worst
1: that was- that's the, I had that happen once on the air. The, uh, Bob Salter was supposed to, I did the overnight, I was exhausted, 6 a.m., I'm waiting for Bob Salter, who, by the way, would record his shows 99% of the time, they were on CD. Of course, the one time that he's coming in to do the show live, he gets a flat tire, and I'm sitting here doing the Bob Salter show for a couple hours.
4: <laughs> oh my God, that, that, that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's not funny. Of course not. But she didn't get until eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, the joke was What's on, on me. Your mind
1: today? What do you want to talk about? Maybe some uh, psychoanalysis? Yeah. No,
4: <laughs> no, no psychoanalysis, <laughs> please. No, no. That was me. Uh, I but, had
1: to right. Not only, not only one did I have to stay a couple hours, I had to talk about something. I had no idea what the hell was about. Okay, I, I, I could do the sports talk. Beyond that, I got no range.
4: I got range. Yeah, but well, obviously, we we know. Sal. <laughs> so, Brian Cashman, oh, please, let me let me think. Oh, I know, Ray Guy, snap that head back to Ray Guy and let him hit it.
1: Ray Guy, didn't he just recently pass away, Ray Guy? That he did, let yeah. him
4: rest in peace. R.I.P. I, I mean, he was marvelous. That man, that man could hit that ball. Oh, and that's about <laughs> Fred Hickman. Let him R.I.P. to Fred Hickman. Yes. Yeah, he was wonderful. Yes. And uh, look, look, let's say this much, he... He's, why can't he get it straight? But then I guess he can't get it straight if the ownership is telling him, uh, we're only doing this, we're only doing that. But please don't give the fan base any more fuel to light the fire. The fire is already burning. Well, if he,
1: if Judge leaves, you, I mean, Stuart, you already know. Well, I know one prominent Yankee fan who's going to be crossing town to go. That is correct. Nate. Stewart in Brooklyn. Oh, if Judge Lee is when Gi- and then you could go watch, you know, the Mets and Giants at City Field with Judge in a in a Giants United uniform. Where number ninety nine. Of
4: course. i watch him. No, I'll tell you what, I'd be if I saw him coming back, I'd be for the Mets. To beat the Giants.
1: Oh, well, of course I would hope so, Stewart. But anyway,
4: but to me, if I come back, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna be all in. All in? All in. Like never, never to leave again?
1: No, no more. We That's have, it. No not. more back and forth. What? No more back and forth.
4: No, if I come back to the mess, I will stay with the mess. Well, I mean, we know. I like, the, I like the let, let me
1: ask you, before I let you go, gut feel right now. Judge sign back with the Yankees or elsewhere? Gut feel? That's a toss-up. All right, but that's what I'm asking. What's your gut say? Is he going to be a Yankee, or is he going to be elsewhere? right, I'd say he stays here. Wow. Thank that's you for the call, Stuart. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you short there, but we've had plenty of time. You think he stays, Stuart, holding out hope? I don't know. What do you think, Fleeks? Gut
3: instinct. Staying- My gut instinct had been he's going to stay, but Stuart had always thought he was going to leave. Now that Stuart is staying, stay... I think I might flip and say, now he's going to go. Yeah. Stewart being confident that Judge is staying scares me off of that.
1: It is a very difficult call for, for many reasons, and we've talked about it for months, and we'll continue
3: to talk about it until he actually signs. I think he's leaving. And like you said earlier in the show, those cash again, I've been all year. He's going to stay. He's going to stay. Hearing Cashman talk about it earlier, I, was, I went, whoa. It sounds like Cashman thinks Judge is walking. Right?
1: He's scared. And, and remember, Cashman knows more than we do about at least how the Yankees are viewing the situation and where they're going to go potentially with the offer.
3: Right. It sounds like Cashman saw the comments from the GM at San Francisco saying, we can pretty much do anything we want financially. Nothing's going to stop us for any player. He wouldn't mention Judge specifically. And Cashman said, yeah, well, listen, we if, can't do if, that. They're, if they're going to that level, have fun because we're not.
1: We're We're out. If they're going to do that, we're out. He is preparing the fan base for a major letdown. Look, I'm telling you now. Yankee
3: fans have their expensive outfielder. They have John Carl Stanton to be a DH.
1: Well, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. You you heard Cashman reference, well, we don't have a left fielder. Right now, we don't have a right fielder. And I'm thinking, well, what is John Carl Stanton? You're paying him to be a DH exclusively? You've already seen that's a problem. The, The Yankees, you can't say they'll never recover from it. Obviously, that would be foolish. But this would be the final blow to this group, whether it's Cashman, Boone, the you know the quote-unquote baby bombers, which are not really the baby bombers anymore. If they lose Judge, that's it. It's time for a reset. And unfortunately, you're going to be stuck with the same guys with Cashman and Boone at the very least through next year, and they're going to be bringing up Peraza. They're going to be bringing up Volpe at some point if not to start the year. And they're going to sell you on the young guys. Now, look, maybe they bring back Ben Attendee. I mean, maybe if they lose Judge, they try to get involved in, I don't know. I mean, who's the, who, are the, who are they getting? What are they going to bring in? Brandon Nimmo?
3: I mean, what are they going to do? Well, because of all that, because there's no other, you know, all right, no pivot to Shohei Otani right now, no pivot to Juan Soto, do you think the Yankees are aware of and would it be the biggest hit they've ever taken in terms of losing a player that with the off the field, with the fan base, how they're going to react. Do they know the storm that will be coming from their fan base if they lose Aaron Judge? And it's just simple money. The Yankees, the New York right? Yankees, didn't want to pay their best player. It's This is
1: unbelievable how we've gotten here. You're the Yankees. Start acting like it. You've got to be kidding me, Brian Cashman. Oh, there's no guarantee that they're going to come back to us. What? Are you still the general manager of the Yankees? Contract or not? What team are you talking about? I know they're not operating the way that they once did. But my goodness, this is pathetic. They are not operating. Yankee fans, your organization, your team, the pride of the Yankees, 27 championships, they are letting you down. It shouldn't even be a scare. There shouldn't even be a question. It should be the Yankees have Aaron Judge, the best player in baseball, one of the best players in baseball, homegrown talent. You re-sign him. End of story. He wants to be here. End of story. What's the issue? The issue is they're going to get outbid. The Yankees outbid for one of their own because they let it go this far. Wow. That will be the last straw, the fan base will revolt. They're already on the edge. It's basically Judge better come back and then some. And even with that, Judge comes back, they bring back Ben Attendee, and then what? Cross their fingers and hope that everybody stays healthy Yeah, because that was the difference maker
3: this year. Well, they told you they have their third baseman. They're very confident in him.
1: How they could say Josh Donaldson? I mean, Cashman is out to lunch. Good. Goodness. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I cannot believe it. My, how the mighty have fallen. The Bronze Bombers!
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Sal got it back on the fan 877-337-6666. So I'm noticing some new things because we had to do the show in Boomer and Geo's studio. There was an issue in the other studio, so I'm I'm not normally doing the overnights from this studio. And when I came in earlier, I was talking to Fleegs on the other side of the glass, and I noticed, you know, usually I'll come in a half hour early whenever I get here, and I'll sit in there and and talk to Fleegs and whatever and talk about the show or just talk about life. And there was no chair in there. I was like, oh, this is weird. What'd they do with the producer's chair? And now... I, and I swear to you, I, I was like, oh, what does Al have his own chair? And now I just see Al wheeling in his chair from wherever the hell that was coming from. Al, do you, in fact, have your own chair back there?
5: Yeah, I've had this chair since we moved here in 2009. So what happened was uh, we got all the new chairs for the studios. Right. And when Eddie and I would come in, when I would sit on the chair, a scent would waft up. <laughs> Like not even kidding, like us, uh, the smell of farts. <laughs> oh my god!
1: So I was like, And "This was pre Sean Mirage."
5: We should, yeah, re- yeah, reference, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what goes on here on the weekends is really All where right. I think the chaos is. And I was, and and then there were like odd stains on the chairs. So I said, "You know what? I, I'm gra- I'm taking a chair."
1: And you wheel it in from your office every day in here now? Since 2009, yeah. Oh, my God. And a matter of fact, I was here in 2009. I was talking to Fleas about this before. So this was always the—I forget. This was always the original Boomerang Carton
5: and now, obviously, Boomerang no.
1: well, well, Did Mike start here?
5: Um. Yeah. I, I know we were all the way to the right, which I think is a CBS Sports Network. That I think was, that's where we started. Okay, and then Mike was always in the middle. I don't know, but this remind
3: What was this studio then? I, I don't know what this was. I know Mike was always in the middle because remember, when the fan moved here, Mike was already on TV. With right. Yates, so that was always the TV studio. In the middle then? But then it happened, I think pretty quickly, you guys ended up on MSG, so this was built for TV, if not uh, 2009, pretty soon yes.
1: after. So then, okay, so then this might have always been then what it is now. I guess after that initial... I, so there were two studios to start. I don't know why I'm confused. But every time I walk in there, which is not often, I get reminded of when I first started here in 2009, when we first moved here. And I was like, this feels too familiar. Like, I did a lot of work out of here. But at the time, I was on Mike show. And I don't remember Mike's show being in here. Yeah, I, like, don't
5: re- I don't know what this was. Hmm,
1: interesting.
3: But, and the network wasn't around at the time, right? No. And yeah, so- then there was a point where we had all three. We had the Boomer and Carton at the time, the Mike, and then everyone else. Right.
1: All oh, right. That's right. There were three studios. This was specific for the morning show. This
3: was only Boomer and Carton. The Mike one was only Mike, and then literally everything else went out of that Man, third one, which that, is now CBS Sports Radio. That was a weird transition. The whole thing moving. Did you
5: like getting out of there? Al, I loved Astoria. I mean, I I know it was you know dirty or whatever, but I loved it. No. Yeah. I mean, I lived in Jersey, so no. Astoria to Jersey was a nightmare coming home. You know, in the morning at that hour, it was no problem, but coming home. It would sometimes take me... Because I'd still have to somehow get to the Holland Tunnel. And it would take me as long to get to the Holland Tunnel as it does to take me to get home. So you would go from Astoria through the Holland Tunnel through yeah. the city? Ooh, yeah, that's right. I'd go 59th Street Bridge somehow across Manhattan. Oh, I hated it. It was terrible.
1: I hated the change, though. The, the commute obviously sucked regardless going into the city as opposed for me from Long Island. It was difficult. But just the change, it just felt so weird.
5: And I liked that there was a parking lot in Queens.
1: Yeah, that was the great thing. You could park your car for free. And it did, though, get moved. It used to be they had an actual parking lot. That, remember, it got moved to the movie theater parking lot?
5: See, I always had a spot in the in the real parking
1: lot. Oh, look at you. What, are you kidding me? Well, He's he got a, a-
3: parking spot. He's got a chair with his name on it.
1: What is going on here? When did you start at the fan?
3: 2007.
1: I mean, I was a 2003, and I was they had me parking in the movie lot. Well, and here's what happened.
5: Ha- here's what happened. I already I had a good job when uh when Boomer and Carton were starting, so I already had a job. Right. So to come oh, you over, came in right. I got you. Yeah. Chernoff wanted me to come over. <laughs> I said, Mark, I don't even know where I'm going to park in Queens. I'm getting you punked. Yeah, in that's what, right. what he said. Yeah.
1: Hey, Mark, do you mind if we could park in the movie theater? I remember coming out one time. I went to get my car from the movie theater. Front fender smashed in. Oh, huh, that's nice. No idea who did it, what happened. Doesn't matter. It was like the Wild West out there in that parking lot. Kaufman, Astoria story of movie theaters. Not only you had to walk three blocks, through, you had to walk up the ramp and get the car, but still better than this. Although I guess now you just park right in the street and in, in front with these hours. Not the worst thing in the world. But anyway, Al's got his own chair. That's nice.
5: I even wrote my name on the back. <laughs>
1: I am afraid. You know what, though, Al. You bring up a good point. I don't. I hate carrying around my headphones in my bag. It's gaudy. It's just annoying. I put them in. I take them out. And I have a mailbox that I could leave them in, but there's no way I would do it because I know, even if I write "Do not touch this," I will kill you. Somebody's going to use them at some point. Oh, here's some headphones during the weekend, and I don't want any of that. So I now have to carry them around. You think that's probably a safe thing? Yeah, right?
5: safe bet. Do,
3: you don't have the availability of a locker.
5: No, do you have one of those, too? No, no, no. No, I'm just saying I see lockers. What else else is available around here? I'm pretty sure there's still,
3: like, Tony and Harris still have lockers, so I'm pretty sure if you took one, you'd be all right. Just go buy a lock. What else is available around here for the
5: important people? What else am I missing out on? I do hear some people, I'm not one of them, have parking spots here, (laughs) which I do not have. What? Parking spot, like,
1: in a a, a lot or whatever?
5: Oh, yeah, in a lot. Who, like, Boomer has that? No, Boomer does not have that, but Geo has that now, but he's... He's, I thought
1: he parks out in front. you. No, he
5: he just started doing commercials for the parking lot. Oh, so they okay. gave him a spot. So I get that. There were also people that were coming here during the pandemic that got parking spots for working. Right. And they've
3: some of them have not given them up.
1: Now, where is this? Where is even the parking lot? Around
3: the corner on King. I was offered one because, like, Eddie and I came here every day during the pandemic. But the lot is closed the hours we arrive and oh. leave. So <laughs> it was very helpful. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Typical. Not surprising. Wow, you know what I'm learning? During the daytime hours there are a lot of perks on the overnight. It's like every man for himself.
5: I always tell people like the only way to get perks is you have to ha- the the station needs to want you. Right. And you need to already have another job that you like. So in order for them to b- bring you over Right. Like Right, for, like, for you me need with some kinda yeah. I was just like, I don't know where to park in Queens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a parking spot. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about
3: it. Everyone else here was hired at, <laughs> out of the WFN internship yeah. program. Right. So, what leverage did we have? Right.
1: What am I going to order for lunch, Mark? I mean, how could I come to this place? I don't know what's. To... Here, we'll give you a voucher. Brooklyn Bengals. It's great. Used to love Brooklyn Bagel, But anyway, I mean.
5: I even told Mark when he was trying to get me to come work here, I go, Mark, I have no idea <laughs> about sports. He goes, uh, Craig and Boomer, I'll handle it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God, you don't need to know sports. He looked into the future. Now nobody does any sports anymore. That's, what, that's the one thing the overnight does. That's the perks. You get to talk sports for five hours. And callers, out, which I know you love as well.
5: Oh, I, I, I do not like the callers.
1: It, I swear, somebody, it was Hector in Washington Heights a couple of weeks ago called and he abruptly got cut off, and he's like, maybe Al Dukes cut me off from another studio. I was like, you know what? Maybe he did. I don't
5: know. I'm not cutting off Hector from other studios. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway. All right, 877-337-6666. Take a call and then uh, take a quick break. But we'll take your calls the rest of the way going to 5 a.m. with Al and Jerry for the warm-up show. Dan is calling from West Haven, Connecticut. What's up, Dan?
6: Hey, so How are you doing, man? It's uh, my first time calling. I just want to say um, thanks for keeping me and many others entertained. You know, while I'm working the night shift, 3 a.m., get off the tracks. So uh like to listen to you until I, have to, until I get to go home in the morning. Thank you, Dan. I
1: appreciate that.
6: Yeah, definitely. I was—I actually was falling asleep until you blew your gasket on that Bill's fan. It really <laughs> recharged my battery.
1: <laughs> Me too, actually. Sometimes I need that to keep myself awake.
6: <laughs> so, yeah, know, I just wanted to say, I mean, self-admitted, I'm a, I'm a bit of a giant hater. Um, actually, a Washington fan. I think they're here nor there because – they got throwing problems they got to deal with. But um, I was going to say, in, in terms of uh, being a Giants fan, do you think being at 6-2 should kind of err on the side of caution a little bit? You know, seeing how – I think the NFL's not as strong as it once was in the past. And, um, you know, the NFC East schedule in itself is, is pretty weak. And I think that the Giants, though they are playing well, and Daniel Jones doesn't make mistakes, I mean – hit at least two games, one versus uh, Baltimore and one versus Jacksonville, where he threw two picks late in the game but got bailed out uh, once by a DPI and uh, the other was a uh, rough in the passer, I believe. I mean, do you think that they should, you know, take what they got now and be happy about it and just see what the season brings and in that in that sense? Or, or why? Where do you sit on that?
1: Well, I mean, I I mean, you're asking me if I think they're legitimate and should have greater expectations. Here's the way I'd say it: They're six and two, right? They've beaten some yeah. good teams. They lost to Seattle, right? Tough loss on the road. Seattle's pretty good. Look around at the NFC and tell me definitively who you think is better than the Giants. I, I, you'd have to say the Eagles right now, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Cowboys beat the Giants with their backup quarterback, but they still have the same record. So I'm not even going to say I, I believe Dallas is better, but I'm not going to say them just yet. The NFC North, do you think the Vikings are unbeatable? Vikings are 7-1. and one. I mean, are they definitively better than the Giants? I don't love Minnesota myself. Now, you'd have to say that they're better, but I don't think that they're unbeatable. Nobody else in the North, nobody in the South. And the West, You know, I, I like the Niners ultimately, but – Even them, they're 4-4. and And you saw Seattle. It wasn't like they're that much better. Point is, I think the Giants are as good or better than everybody in the NFC other than two teams in their division, Philadelphia and Dallas, who they're going to have a chance to go beat Thanksgiving Day. They got Dallas. They have two games still left with Philadelphia at the end of the season. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Giants – now I don't believe in their talent, and I think at some point it'll probably run out here. But they should be a playoff team, and right now the mentality should be, "Hey, we could we're just as good as anybody else in the NFC until proven otherwise."
6: Well, I yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you there. What I wanted to say too was that do you think that if they don't beat the game, win the games that they should, like versus the Texans and the Lions, and it should be a real cause for concern and kind of. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say derail them, but do you think something like that would would?
1: Yes. How if, would that feel? For them? If they lose, if they lose, Dan, and thank you for the call. If they lose to the Texans or the Lions, I'm not going to say uh, what's cause for concern. It's just going to be uh, okay. The clock struck midnight, or you know, the bloom is all throws, Whatever you want to say, where the Giants are back to reality now. It is ultimately, let's just say they split these next two games. You know, seven and three is still not a bad record, but it's a bad sign going into a potential danger zone in Dallas. I'd rather have the feel of eight and two, they did what they had to, took care of business. Now the real test begins because Dallas is one of the league's best. So, where will they stack up? on the road, prime time, obviously as big a game as you could get, Thanksgiving Day, where do they stack up against one of the premier teams in the conference? And it does take a little bit away from it if they lose one of those games prior to that Cowboys matchup. Remember, they've already lost to Dallas at home with a backup quarterback. So they have a lot to prove in that regard. Taking care of business everywhere else, and they got to continue to do so. But ultimately, assuming that they take care of business against the Texans and Lions here, their season will be defined by what they do against their own division. Because they've handled everything else. And they haven't played many division games, just that one game against the Cowboys, but obviously they lost it. But you got to get to those games with knowing that, okay, well, we took care of the crappy teams. Now let's see what we could do against the top teams in the conference.
3: Your official station to talk Knicks.
1: The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Sala got it back on the fan warm up show with Alan Jerry coming up in about ten minutes. We'll finish up with the calls. I got three of you online. I want to get to all three, so we'll keep it quick. On this final day of the week for me, I'm off tomorrow, so uh, I don't care what goes on here. I'll be off tomorrow, trying to enjoy myself a little bit. I actually have a, a charity thing I'm going to tonight, so I took off. So this is the last time I'll talk to you before the uh, the weekend. Of course, Eric is calling from Ron Ronkonkoma. What's up, Eric?
6: Hey,
2: Sal. Um so I'll enjoy your night off. Uh, but, you know, look, I, I finished my marathon uh, yesterday, my movie marathon, and just in time for you on Baseball Night New York. And I hear I, – I had to replay it because I wasn't sure I heard it right. Uh, you, you're You're okay possibly with Conforto coming back?
6: I
1: am. I would be open to it because it's different now. When the Mets had Conforto here in the first place, he was expected to be one of the guys. Obviously – he wasn't. Now, if he were to come back off of the injury, off of being out of year, A, he would be cheap. B, he wouldn't be one of the guys. And he does still have a higher ceiling than some of the other options out there. So he's cheap, higher ceiling. I would not be opposed to it for either the Mets or the Yankees. I mean, I mean even as inconsistent as he is. Um, right, because remember, the expectations. Know. I mean, he can't be worse than Daniel Vogelback. Or J.D. Davis or Dom Smith, the other options that they had at DH. He's he's not. I yeah. mean, you you're dealing with Mark Canna, He's a different type of hitter, but he's got the potential to have a higher ceiling than a guy like Mark Hanna. Let's say. Yeah. Now I don't think yeah. it's going to happen, mean, yeah, yeah. but I'd be open to it.
6: Right. Okay. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I, I'm not honestly not
2: sure who's really out there, but I mean, I I <laughs> uh, wasn't expecting that. I'll be honest with you. But that's good. but
6: hey, look. I mean, I, I I guess considering the production we've had so far. Uh, yeah, I don't know, why not? But, right, but right. remember, the the, uh, the big
1: point, and thank you for the call, Eric, the big point is that at the time, Conforto was expected to be a near 300 hitter, 30 home runs, driving 100 runs, that type of offensive player. He wasn't. He was awful. He had one of the worst walk seasons you could have. Strikeout machine, never got a big hit, total disappointment. And he wanted, remember, a big contract. Now it turned out he didn't get it. He turned down big offers from the Mets, whether it's the qualifying offer, whether it was a deal that they had before that, and they didn't he, he didn't get it. Turned it down. He stunk. He Ended up getting anything. Now the expectation significantly lowered, and so was the, the contract. Mitchell is calling from Fort Lee. What's up, Mitchell? Hey,
7: Sal. Good morning. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, right, Mitchell. Things. Okay. First thing, you were asking me when we got cut off last time about when I was selling the tickets for the New England game and then to the Buffalo game. New England game was $300 of tickets for the 300 range. The Buffalo game, can I be honest with you, Sal? There were so many tickets. somebody wanted But I went to the game. I was thrilled. I had a great time. We had a great tailgate. And it was just a, what a great game it was for the Jets versus Buffalo. It was, just, it was just amazing. It was just, you know, the game. Well, that's a special so
1: was, game. I mean, you know, the double-digit underdog getting the win against the best team in football like that. That's a great, as disappointing as it was the week prior, that is a great win for the Jets and their fan base.
7: Right, and then the only bad part of the game was the camera broke, so we had to wait 14 minutes and everyone uh-huh. started booing. It got to be a joke, but it was a great game. Well, so now, I call up about the edge You know, it's interesting. I, I taped every year just how, by accident, I, I had it on my Facebook page about Cashman in 2019. He said the same thing over again that he said in 1920 and then in 21, and then at first he said he doesn't have a contract. But if he doesn't have a contract to go forward, why well, is he at the one to meetings? Because, listen, there's a, there's a GM, like everyone says, that if you want to replace him or have someone has a GM, leave him as VP. Why, why does anyone want to try to call Stearns and see if he wants to come and, and uh, go back to work already?
1: Well, ne- yeah, next year, I think, will be the, the, the deal with Stearns. And, you know, the groundwork, it feels like, has been uh, being placed with the Mets already with that. But I wouldn't get caught up in that right now, Mitchell, because Cashman's coming back. And that's just the reality. It's going to be Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone for the foreseeable future. If they didn't make a change after last season, when they had not only a failure of a playoff, but they had a disappointing regular season, that never happens. Yankees prior to the 2021 season always dominate the regular season and then get bounced in the playoffs early. Last year, they had a rough regular season, which led to a wild card game, which then they got bounced. That was the year to move on. That was the year to to let Boone and Cashman both go and start anew. They didn't, and now they're going to be back even after a disappointing 2022 season. With basically saying the same old stuff. Oh, we're close. We're close. Just the injuries. All right. Cross your fingers. Hope that Ben Attendee and LeMay you stay healthy. Oh, on top of everybody else that you bring back. Injuries are part of it. I mean, that happens. Now, I've been calling out our next caller since Monday morning because when I last spoke to him last Friday, he was bragging about his Buffalo Bills, and I was telling him that the Jets were going to beat the Buffalo Bills. And they did. And Omar in Brooklyn has not been heard from until now. Omar, what do you have to say for yourself? Oh, (laughs) Oh, I'm good. Where have you been all week? I mean, I'm glad you called, but where have you been?
8: You know, the thing is, I told you that these are. this is the time, and now because of a Veterans Day holiday, this is the time that I got free. Usually, I get free around 5, 10, 5, 15, oh, So, I so okay. now, I, I, somebody told me yesterday that you've been calling me out. I said, I got to rush it on that I can give, get that call back because you're not working tomorrow. So, you said I ran away. But let me tell you clearly, right now, I will take Buffalo loss because from last week, Right now, I got to celebrate because you know what? My Pakistan is in the World Cup finals on T20 Second World Cup, and India is playing right now. So I was watching this, but I got got uh, to spare time for you. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. You said on Friday your <laughs> Buffalo Bills were winning the Super Bowl. You said yes. the Super Bowl is over, and then they lost to the
8: Jets. No! The Super Bowl is still in contention! Last week, I had a great week because Pakistan was on the limitation of a getting out of the World Cup, and they won three in a row, and somebody has to beat somebody to get it done, and it happened. And they beat New Zealand yesterday in the World no, Cup. No, 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 you, world, no! You're you, caught, caught up with the Bills! I New Zealand to be the champions! I, I want to know... Uh, for one no problem. I, I
1: want to know the pain, the pain that you felt Sunday watching the Jets beat your Buffalo Bills. No, because I was excited because we reached the semifinals. You know No, a- you're lying, Omar. <laughs> and then next, you're going to tell me you're excited about the Knicks, even though they lost by 30 to the Nets last night. Yeah,
8: I was hoping that if, if it was a double dose, if I would have gotten the next victory and the Pakistani victory, I would have given you a double dose. But I have a little bit light on the Knicks right now. But right now, Pakistan, then the Brazil, and then the Buffalo Bills. They are my three teams going for a championship ride. Right? Knicks. And the Rangers are bit later. So these, I can, Buffalo Bills having a regular season loss doesn't hurt me that much. Oh, no, that hurts. They lost to the Jets. Super Bowl Bowl is still in contention. Don't worry about it. Super Bowl's
1: in contention for the Jets, too.
8: Finals, finals, World Cup, finals, D-41 Cup (laughs) Pakistan waiting on Sunday, 3 o'clock in the morning. Let's. Oh, Oh,
1: no, look at Omar. The Jets beat the Bills so bad, you're worried about Pakistan and some sport. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. I mean, congratulations to whatever team it is that you're rooting for and whatever league it is, Omar, that that takes place in, but I'm not familiar with it. I am familiar with the Buffalo Bills. And you said they are going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is over. Laughing your way into the weekend, knowing that the Bills are going to be playing the Jets not taking them seriously until i told you i want to hear from you monday morning i forgot that you had other stuff going on and you're not free till 5:15 but still i want to hear from you monday morning after the jets beat the bills and they beat the bills but i do give you credit omar i do appreciate you making sure you got the call in cuz i'm not going to be here tomorrow and i'm glad to hear from you and look i do believe you have a shot with your bills but they've also disappointed year after year after year. And that was a disappointing Sunday, taking the L to the Jets. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Thanks to Fleegs, as always, all his help throughout the course of the week. Appreciate it. Who's in tomorrow? Do you know? Ah, Who cares? I'm not. Oh, McKeon. Yeah, Brian McKeon's here. And Fleegs will be back in Monday for me. I'll be back next week. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. I appreciate each and every one of you. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your weekend. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. We'll see you later.
8: Sports Radio, 101.9 FM. New York.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.